think Mike Duffy called them the boys in short pants. And I they're both boys and girls because I've seen them. Women and men. Hello, it's episode 81 of the Boys in Short Pants, the 82nd episode. I'm Laurent Carboneau. I'm Aitzen Rainville. And uh, Etienne's sour because we, uh, we had to ditch his initial uh, start opening uh, opening monologue, uh, which was awful and would not have landed with anyone. <laughs> um but he'll get he'll get through it so it's been an eventful couple of weeks with the naming of the federal cabinet as well as the naming of the uh, federal opposition shadow cabinet or critics depending on which party you ask yeah the uh, fcm really blew that well whatever this is in reference to the small yeah this is very very minor detail um and the block of course did doing so before the cabinet was actually named the block did theirs like yeah like two yeah good for them i guess i mean I don't know what waiting is really going to get them in in a sense. So fair. I enough. mean, you know what you're making critics to align with. Like, yes. there's no block critic for middle class prosperity. No, I guess. In, no, indeed. Uh, though, yeah, we'll we'll come back to that. Uh, so I guess we'll start with the federal cabinet. Seems like a reasonable place to start. Yeah. So that's sort of the through line. Yes. In the other parties. So decisions. yeah, I mean, definitely yes. There was a bit of strategic holding on and seeing what was gonna what the cabinet was gonna look like before the opposition finalized their critic list, which is a very sensible thing to do because then you actually know you can sort of be a little more political about it. I don't really know what the block was thinking there. I guess they figured one was as good as another for most things and that they were not exactly playing the same kind of game as everyone else, which I think is also like you know fair they they aren't uh in a sense they're never going to be running to be government so they don't need they don't feel they need to put together a shadow government in quite the same way um very reasonably so i guess the the first big appointment um that everyone was sort of you know saw coming in the the days before was carolyn bennett carolyn bennett well yeah you actually did not (laughs) see that one coming did you yeah you you lost money on that one uh <laughs> was uh, Christopher Freeland being made uh, deputy prime minister as well as minister of intergovernmental affairs? Now, a different minister in a different time, you would say deputy prime minister and in intergovernmental affairs is kind of where you stash someone before they go retire. Uh, in this case, that does not really appear to be the case. Would you would you concur with that? I I mean I would agree. The entire cabinet shuffle. Um, the way it was reported, the way speculation rolled out, centered all around Christia Freeland, which is actually quite interesting with sort of how she's viewed in the public, how she's viewed around Ottawa, how she's regarded, um, all of that sort of alluding that a lot of people regard her as the heir to the party at this point. Yeah. Um, well, in which... fact, there was some like very aggressive uh, rumor mongering going on during the sort of... Uh darker polling days for the liberals uh when you know there was a probably fake uh you know christia 2019 website a, that a, popped into existence certainly yeah i i do not in any way think that like he connected to her but no no it, no, I, no one is that stupid i can i can confirm it was <laughs> yeah. not connected to her. no no one's that stupid um except for maxine bernier i guess but uh yeah so Interesting she in that it's, it's I think you can definitely say a promotion in a serious way as the default number two of the government. Uh, okay. I have well, some Okay. You you do it, you do your bit and sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Well what I would say bit. is the public perception is that because I, I think I anticipate where your criticism is and this is where I was about to go, if you'd let me get he, to the he, end of the he sentence. He wasn't he wasn't gonna go. Uh, is that she's actually not very well liked by the PM's team. Um so this appointment in a sense i think is a i i'm curious who is trying 
who they're trying to please with it, uh, I guess, is, is my big question. And that's something I don't really know. Um, it's, it's everyone. The, the answer is Freeland has distinguished herself uh, as, as the number two in the government. Um, and so anything seen to be demoting her would be taken incredibly poorly. Yes. Um, it is sort of out of the government, the government being the PM and his, his, uh, coterie. his coterie. Um, it's sort of out of their hands that she has to go up. Um, but what's interesting I mean, in a very is, real sense, it is not out of their hands. Correct. In the sense that they have their hands on the lever. Yes, yes. but in terms of... You know, all but the... who is mad if she gets... The... That's kind of my question, right? If it's someone you don't like and it's someone who's perceived to have done well, everyone understands it's... that the prime minister has the prerogative. It's all of Ottawa is, all of... is the answer. And you risk making an enemy of a very powerful and well-liked person and all, all of these other things. All of the political incentives say, okay, we need to move this person up. Um, she is incredibly well regarded. Yes. What do we move her up into? And it, I mean, apparently they must have made the calculation that they can live with her there. Yeah. Right. But like at the same time, I think it's it's not really a big secret that they're not the biggest fans. So the the sort of challenge for the PM's team was traditionally foreign affairs is sort of in your top two, top three ministers. Um, it's not a central agency. You know, you know who definitely agrees with that? Foreign affairs ministers and people who work for them. <laughs> yes. So foreign affairs is not a central uh, agency, but for historical reasons, it's a very prestigious portfolio. I would say prestigious is probably more on the nose than is important. It's all semantics. Whether or not you want to argue how important foreign affairs, it's all semantics. Sure. I mean, um, I would actually say foreign affairs is really... That we usually just like look at what the U.S. is doing is like that, but we're gonna be nicer about it. Sure. So, to let, let's let's put that uh, put a pin sure, in that. Sure, we'll put a pin in that conversation. So the only way to go up from foreign affairs generally is finance. Um, they made the decision not to move her to finance, not to make her Canada's first finance minister. Um, I but thought, I thought we had one before. No, I, we definitely have uh, finance Canada's minister. First female. <laughs> female finance minister um, so i'm pretty sure there was a guy last parliament that was doing that job yeah you know fair enough um and so they need to Didn't find Harper have one of those too yeah <laughs> there have been one or two i can name there's a building named after one somewhere downtown yeah somewhere um, i think that was the same guy actually yeah yeah um so they decided to resurrect the deputy prime minister title, um, which is a title that Harper did not use, yes. that Trudeau has not used to this point. Yes. I, there was um, a perception, I think quite accurately from the liberal days, that it, the liberal days being Martin Cretan, that it was a bit of a, a meaningless honorific um, and that it, there wasn't a lot of point to it. So it depends, though, because it entirely depends around how the deputy prime minister is I mean, we, we could utilize. Yes, I mean, we could make our podcast a lot shorter by saying it depends about every issue. <laughs> no, no, but but let me let me give you an example. Let I agree. Me, like, I agree no, with you. Just wait, I'm just, wait, wait, all right, wait, go let ahead. Me, let me give yeah. you some very tangible examples. Sure, here. go ahead. So there have been deputy prime ministers who are ribbon cutters, um, who take the honorific and they're sort of outside the day to day cut and thrust of the PMO. Um, and then there are others who don't fit that description. Uh, Manley is an example of yes. this. Um, and so he went to the PM's daily briefings. There you he go. was 100% integrated into the team and started building up special, uh, you know, a list of special projects and things that he worked yeah. on. Um, so de- Deputy Prime Minister, you can be basically the de facto, yes. like, 
you can be the next person. You can be the yeah. person that the PM I mean, consults on everything. Yeah, and this is you the same thing as You can be there being... for the briefings, um, which it's interesting to know. Part of being intergov, intergovernmental affairs, is yeah. not a department that has its own or is not a, a portfolio that has its own department. There isn't a department of intergov at, you yeah. know, 40 whatever Elgin. No. There is, it's... A unit in PCO. Correct. Which historically has actually been quite influential at certain points, uh, certainly around the constitutional negotiations. It was it was a very big deal in the 90s as well. Yeah, so intergov has waxed and waned. Yes. Um, More waned in recent years. Yes, but with the Western alienation being on the tip of everyone's tongue, they saw fit to elevate intergov as perhaps one of the biggest challenges facing the, this liberal government. Yeah. Um, Quite reasonably. So Freeland gets the one-two punch of resurrecting Intergov as an important portfolio and taking on Deputy Prime Minister. Yeah. Um, The challenge with Deputy Prime Minister is when you're you're taken to the center and you have to work through PCO, Mm -hmm. are you making that team within PCO your own? Are you able to exert your own power um, throughout the machinery of PCO? Or do you need to get everything approved by the PM? It's worth uh, making people who who may be unaware that the prime minister and the prime minister's office more specifically tends to have a very heavy role in uh, each minister who ends up being each minister's chief of staff. So typically there's quite a bit of sort of preloaded PMO influence in in most ministers' offices by design. Um, So you kind of have to work with the center in that way, uh, more or less constantly. Yeah, and I mean... Perhaps even more so than chiefs of staff, deputy ministers and who yes. your high-level officials are, those are handed down by edict uh, by PMO, obviously with some influence by the ministers, but reasonably limited. Um, so, I mean, to some on Freeland, uh, she's been brought by the, to the center. She's been given an elevated title. Um, it looks like she's being given the leeway to go out, and she's been on a tour already. Um speaking to premiers mm-hmm. um, as well and we should note this little asterisk um, this will become more important when we go to talk about foreign affairs um, but she has also been given the responsibility over NAFTA the continuity of the right. NAFTA file yeah and sort of perhaps broader Canada US we have to uh, I mean this... our cabinet committees haven't been announced yet have they? yes they have they have okay I missed that um, broader Canada US um, which does that know, committee still exist? No, no okay. I, I think it's been dissolved. Um, I think they had too many cabinet committees and they're sort of trying to consolidate because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of things on minister schedules and going to, uh, you know, 25 yeah, sure. different cabinet committees can, <laughs> can better be better if people tiring. have people doing their jobs than sitting on meetings, I think is fair to say. Uh, my point was going to be when we get to the foreign affairs minister, it, it is interesting to note that, you know, François Philippe Champagne has, in many respects, been following Christia Freeland. Yeah. Um, she, tra- yeah. she was international trade. And he was went to Parl- foreign affairs. He was Parlsec for that. No, he was Parlsec to finance. Finance, yeah. Um, from Parlsec to finance, he got promoted to international trade. But Freeland took the biggest file with her right. to foreign affairs. So he was like, oh, I just get to do the international trade <laughs> stuff. And then he gets promoted to foreign affairs. And then they and take, Freeland take, the continues Canada. to take yeah. that biggest file with her. Um, Must be fun. So, yeah, he, he's had a little bit of trouble getting out of her shadow in that respect. He's um, also a very small guy, so fair enough. Let's go to... Let's quickly go through a few of the different cabinet ministers in order. Can I circle back to the deputy PM thing just for a quick second? If you'd like to. Sure. I, I just want to say, like, I I think if, as I said, if we said every time 
with everything, it depends. That is true. I would say more often than not, WDPM has been relatively eh, much in the same way that the vice presidency in the U.S. has been, usually speaking, not much of a role. I think Lyndon Johnson compared it to being a, a cut dog. Uh, Dick Cheney, of course, famously took a much more active approach to the vice presidency. Yes, very active. Uh, and Joe Biden, probably somewhere in the middle there. Uh, so it just, yeah, like it depends is always true, but I think you can sort of look at the historical trend and say that I would hazard to guess that this tenure of being a deputy PM will be more activist than most. Let, let me add one just final parting thought for Freeland and those who look at Freeland as perhaps an XPM um, or the heir apparent to the Liberal Party, which in some respects she is. Um, but I think I, I'm a Bill Morneau guy myself, actually. <laughs> He's got the common touch. I think what remains to be seen and will be, you know, uh, an asterisk in the future is how her retail political skills are. Mm-hmm. I don't think she's famous for them. Which is something you need Which as, is, I, That's a bit of an understatement. Right? As, <laughs> as a prime minister that you do not need as perhaps a no. wonkier... Yes. And Justin Trudeau really does have very good retail I mean, that, skills. that's perhaps yeah. all he has. Well, I mean, like, you, Alan Blakeney famously said that you have two people who really are the, the sort of dynamic heart of a government, and it's a spokesman and a bean counter. Right. And Justin Trudeau is never going to be a bean counter. Uh, and that's fine. Uh, Alan Blakeney as premier. And sorry if this is, you know, Saskatchewan tr- trivia here for people was the bean counter despite being premier. And he had Rory Romano sort of as the sort of face of the government for a lot of controversial issues. And like it worked for him. Right. Like you can be a prime minister and have more of that like managerial kind of um, style as long as you have a team that can compensate for that, right? And in the same way that if you're a retail guy, you need to have a team that can compensate for perhaps your lack of policy depth and managerial experience. I think there's always a balance there to be struck. It depends, you could say, in fact. Sure. And, I mean, to a large extent, for Trudeau's tenure thus far, Jerry Butts has been the... the, Yes, very much so. The bean counter, but now the, the bean counter is counting someone else's beans. Um, Is he still at a Eurasia group? It's a side project, I, I think... Whether he goes and he works for Mayo Pete or not. Oh, uh, God. Oh, my God. R- oh, that's probably going to happen, isn't it? Remains to be seen. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's um, dark, Etienne. <laughs> so let's let's cut through a bunch of the cabinet very quickly. There was a lot of status quo. There's a few big I'm moves. so depressed about this now. Oh, my God. <laughs> so in order, Lawrence McCauley, Minister of Veterans Affairs, Associate Minister of National Defense, basically same old, same old continuity, yeah. uh, a certain amount of continuity at yeah. back. What's the joke about him is that it's a good thing he's a, he's a good politician because he's a crap farmer. <laughs> that, that's a, P.I. a, a, joke a common, a common yeah. P.I. joke. Um, Carolyn Bennett. Uh, retains the role of Crown Indigenous Relations. Costing Etienne a, a crisp $20. <laughs> I, I haven't paid that yet. I, you really should. That's, that's, still, don't, that's, don't do that. That's an outstanding yeah. debt. Uh, Honorable Dominic Leblanc um, uh, takes the title of President of the Queen's Privy Council yes. for Canada. And bless him, he's not looking good. Uh, I well, No. So, background for anyone unaware, um, he is going through uh, stem cell treatment for cancer. Um, and so at the governor general ceremony, he was wearing a mask because he is obviously his immunocompromised. Um, but I do hear good things about the stem cell treatment. And I, the, I hope he is well. And the uh, 
the recovery yeah, and all, I mean, all the rest it, of it. It says something that the guy did not campaign and got like 80% of the vote. Yeah. So, uh, Beausejour is uh, it's very much a, a Dominical Blanc stronghold. Yes. So yes. he takes this title. It's a bit of an unusual title. It's often been uh, basically a subtitle on another minister. I believe Karina Gould um, was the president of the Queen's Privy Council in the last parliament. Yeah, it's not a role people usually remark on. No, it's sort of a statutorily required title. Yeah, much like President Treasury Board. Um, we don't have a good sense at this point of the entirety of what Dominic LeBlanc will be doing. I think it's somewhat dependent on his health. Yes. Um, but it does seem to be, I mean, you can look through the order and councils that were issued on November 20th. And a lot of the sort of democratic reform mm-hmm. e ones, the demo- like the democratic institutions, running of elections, yeah. and some of those. It ones. all runs. It's all, it doesn't need to be reformed. It's, um, all, it's all great. He has been made the minister in charge of some of the acts around there. So mm-hmm. the democratic uh, reform, democratic institutions portfolio. So long, long story seems short, to be following under. There. Long story short, we're not getting proportional representation, <laughs> folks. That is not going to happen. Very excited people talking about. Well, now that we have a minority, you're finally going to get it. And it's just, I'm sorry, that is. That is not going to happen. We have the Honorable Navdeep Baines uh, retaining the majority of his role. It's sort of been cut up a little differently. Yes. As Minister of Innovation, Science, and Industry. Um, so ISAT is going to have to change the letterhead again. Uh, ISI, which is uh, incidentally also the name of the biggest supercluster or the innovative supercluster initiative. Isn't the name of the Pakistani Intelligence Service as well? Is the ISI. That's yeah. That's correct. Um, the internal I, security service, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Who's who's carry on? Who, sorry. Who's counting? So Navdeep Baines' um, portfolio changed a little bit. One of the bigger, you know, notable events in the cabinet shuffle was that Kirsty Duncan, the Minister of Science, is no longer got canned, and there's no longer Minister of Science. In fact, correct. Both yes. both of those things have happened. Yes. One of two major demotions in the cabinet shuffle. Yes. Um, the other one being Petty Paul Taylor from Health, who is also out of cabinet entirely. Yes, yes. but is given a deputy house leadership role. Yeah. Which um, is not that much of a consolation prize. No, it's frankly. it's a pretty poor consolation yeah. prize. Anyone trying to spin it as anything less is yes. uh, is doing just that. Well, today. and also like talking about cabinet representation from New Brunswick. Now you're talking basically one guy who's sadly and not through his own fault not there most of the time, and someone who's the deputy house leader, which is quite a step down from the health minister and uh, the fisheries minister. Oh, poor poor New, I'm Brun- just saying, poor New Brunswick. Let's well, talk about talking, the other provinces. Well, if you know that's. Saskatchewan, Alberta, ain't looking so I, I don't know what to tell them, you know? Um, so, I mean, one of the things to watch about ISED is there were basically like five ministers reporting up through ISED in the last government. Um, it's not entirely clear how reporting lines will work, but largely... Never was anyway, so... <laughs> largely, Baines keeps his portfolio intact. Um, if not rejigged slightly, he lost the regional economic development agencies. Those yes. went to Jolie, although... They the, were being we'll substantially. We'll see how the machinery yeah. reports up through him. They also were being rejigged substantially two budgets ago. Uh, over the process of a couple of years, to sort of focus on big dollar, which is going to be a big political change, frankly, because economic development has always been, I think, some. I mean, yes, we've talked about before how you know the regional economic development, regional economic development minister and departments were always seen as kind of like patronage purses to be given out and there was a lot of small dollar stuff that was given to small businesses to sort of do you know really like quite basic 
access to capital kind of stuff for quite small organizations. And as they sort of tool away from that, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to a lot of those places because I don't think like it, I think that may end up being a really big issue in rural areas more so than I think the government may have priced in when they did this. But we will see. Uh, I, I think it could be quite bad for rural areas. But that's yeah, that's more on the policy level than the political level. Um, I think getting rid of science is a bit of a head scratcher in the sense that they had a lot of goodwill from the scientific community, uh, which absolutely hated Stephen Harper, it must be said, and uh, for a variety of, I think, quite well-earned reasons. Um, I object, sir. Yeah, well, look, you, you, at no point did you go out of your way to reassure them, let's put it that way. Um, that said, like, the government has made some reasonable steps on science, including going most of the way on the Naylor report, though not all. And, uh, you know, sort of good moves on a lot of the kind of granting council sort of stuff. However, um, there have been some public kind of areas, public facing areas where they haven't done quite as well. And I think, for instance, climate science research, where they don't have a dedicated program anymore uh, for climate science research, despite talking all the time about how the importance of climate change is kind of a odd uh, absence. And now that they're getting rid of the science minister period and sort of leaving the scientific community without kind of a, a window uh, at government to stop at i think that's i mean look the scientific community is not big uh it is however quite well organized in its own way and can be quite loud uh certainly as the harper government learned to its detriment uh so that will be interesting to see how that shakes out over the next couple of years as well sure mm-hmm <laughs> Um, we have a lot of cabinet to make through, and then we have critics, and then we have senate. And then yeah, we, sorry, we have a lot okay. of things. So I'm trying. I'm yeah, trying yeah, no, to fair enough. Pick pick up the pace. Uh, Bill Morneau maintains his finance. Um, Ambassador to Capital keeps his job. <laughs> um, so we'll just stick at status quo. Although I will concede, uh, many moons ago, I had bet that. Well, not not money bet, but I had been betting, <laughs> uh, and I think I expressed as much on this podcast that uh, for uh, that Morneau was not long for this world. And what did so. I say? What did I say? He can't get rid of him because he's the guy Bay Street likes. Yeah. So. Um, good takes, thing, good thing you didn't bet money on it. <laughs> that takes us to Jean-Yves Duclos, president of the Treasury Board. Yes, probably a good role for him. Um, so you were talking about bean counters. Yes. He is now literally the head bean, bean counter, bean counter in chief. Yes. Um, and coming from a background as an academic Which economist, is great. Saskatchewan has a lot of pulses. This is gonna be great for sort of Western alienation. Um, he is now chief bean counter. Uh, Garneau sticks to transport. Uh, Garneau was yeah. perhaps my pick to go foreign affairs. I think liberals he, uh, will also announce a lentil counter industry. They, they just can't get him away from being in charge of the Canadian Space Agency. So no. he uh, he maintains that You're going to take space away from my cold, dead hands. <laughs> Marie-Claude Bibo, a French uh, or a Quebec cabinet <laughs> okay. minister. Okay, that, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Cool. Um, yeah. Self-hating I mean, Frenchman right here. She's had somewhat of a quiet tenure. She was the ag minister, uh, I think. Last, both as, yeah, both as international, ag and international development, and yeah. now she's the minister of supply uh, supply management. Um, so she's Bi- well, you know, eastern eastern townships. She's Compton Sampstead, right? So that's that's good stuff for her. Sitting on that, yeah. Melanie Jolie is a bit of an interesting one. Oh yeah, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so Melanie Jolie 
I mean, if I... Yeah. Karen, the best communicator in the cabinet. So she's Minister of Economic Development and Official Languages. Yeah. Well, it's just funny, because um, much like Jean Chrétien, she speaks neither official language. And I think Francophonie is in there, too. I think she's in charge of that. Um, but Economic Development, so she got sort of a sliver of ISAD, the I, or the, the, the E. The ED, the e, in fact. The ED and ISAD. Yes. Um, which is significant. Uh, she's now in charge of all the regional development agencies, and it's remains to be seen whether or not it's more than that. I mean, to me, if I if I looking from the outside to me, that says that's a downgrade for the regional development agencies. Um, I I would actually I would disagree. Like what, they are getting their own minister. Yes, but it's Melanie Jolie. So this is the interesting conversation to have about Melanie Jolie. Um. <laughs> Okay, so quick background on her. Started as heritage minister. Seen, I mean, and was he like you, you can start? You can start yeah, before that. Yes, was an I up, think and, it, up and comer in Montreal municipal politics. Yes, came second nearly in the won race. the mayoral race. Um, jumped over to federal politics. Was a big, a big liberal, raw, raw, uh, not fundraiser, but Quebec liberal. Yeah. Um, came to Ottawa. Uh, could do no wrong got into the department of heritage got handed you know the netflix file yes um sort of bungled it went on to mon en pal and just the, ate shit the you know on the, the, the major talk, talk show yes. in quebec that is considered like the gold standard you got, cannot eat shit on to mon en pal basically got absolutely yes. ripped apart yes um and then got demoted just ate turd sandwich after turd sandwich um got demoted in one of sort of the mid yes here portfolio uh mid uh, i would say that was probably the most high profile demotion in that parliament but what was interesting to me is reading the paper about the leaks of the cabinet shuffle the press and others started saying that melanie jolie was in line for a big promotion because of her excellent work on the campaign and i was absolutely mystified by that yeah um, and so she gets economic development in official languages. Depending on what economic development is, it's not necessarily a big promotion. It's sort of, but it, it is a bit of a step up from where she had been demoted to. It's not as high as heritage, I'd say. It's sort of, you know, one step down from heritage. Yeah. Um, if it's just the regional economic development agencies she's in charge of. So that sort of Which remains to be Which are arm's length, seen. it must be said, for the most part. Like, they, they more or less run themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So T TBD on where Jolie ends up in this whole thing, but has been sort of a a political dud for most of her career in federal politics, and uh, yeah, yeah. Continuing on, yes, uh, Diane Le Boutillier, um, who is a Quebec minister, she just keeps her job. A, largely a yes. regional. Um, she said national revenue. Yes. National revenue is not a department that requires a lot of ministerial work. No. Um, so though they are the source of a lot of complaints. Yes. Anyway, no, no real news there. Catherine McKenna is the yes. next one. Um, <laughs> McKenna's a bit of an interesting one. The pipeline one. builder. <laughs> Environment has obviously been an incredibly high, port, uh, high presence, high prestige, high intensity, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Um, focus of this government. And she has been their 100% voice. 100% the face of it, yeah. And their face on Her you know, all of this. Um, so it, it's been, I think, it's been a bit of a ro- rocky ride for her um, because yes. she's... She's made nobody happy. Be, yeah, I mean, the the middle ground position the liberals have staked out saying the environment and the economy can go hand in hand mean that they 
you know, get yelled at by both sides, the environmentalist side and the West. Yeah, and they um, said they're thinking, on oil sands because development, everyone's mad at us, we must be right. On oil sands development and on not taking aggressive enough action on climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, I mean, generally I would consider infrastructure and environment to be sort of on... Uh, on the par. level yeah usually in most um, governments i think in this government it's safe to say environment because of how activists they've been on yes. environment um edges it out but at the same time she has been on the front lines yeah so it's not necessarily well, a promotion be... it's not necessarily a demotion yeah she's been moved off of the front lines and she's gonna be handling important to important federal projects like trans mountain pipeline <laughs> <laughs> that's i think that's more of a, a finance thing at this point um, to, she's been, I'm trying to think of my military terminology. Oh, she's been out of the trenches, sort of back to the, the camp where you're not going to be hit by mortar fire as, as readily. Where did you get your military slang from? Like 1916? <laughs> like, <laughs> Zeppelins, mustard gas. <laughs> uh, we've Sajan. Uh, also not moving. Remains, Minister yeah. of National Defense. Um, you know, Despite mixed reviews. I, I think very mixed reviews. But I they think. don't have any other troops kicking around, really, so. Well. Not many. That's actually one of the ironies, and yes. we'll get to another one of Harjusta John, is that it's actually sort of Canadian custom not to appoint a, someone a with military experience to be in charge of national defense. Yes. And that's certainly why Andrew Leslie did not get the position. Um, but he was admittedly more high-ranking than Harjusta John, yes. which causes issues in what, terms there was of people, putting... There were people higher ranking than the architect <laughs> of Operation Medusa. Um, the prob- that was one of the problems with appointing Andrew Leslie to yes. um, his perhaps dream job of Minister of National Defense. Um, Harjusta John being more at the operational level wasn't as problematic in that I mean, way. Leslie's problem is he wasn't a warrior monk. Then everybody is just fine with it. True enough. Yeah. Um, but we'll leave Harjusta John there for now. Miriam Monsef, um Basically, status quo. Um, so she gets a wage, which is where she was. Uh, women and gender equity, or no equality. Um, and rural economic development, which is a magic a portfolio that was magicked out of thin air um, in the last cabinet shuffle. Yes. And has no... I think it has a, like three staff assigned to it. Yeah. Like it's, somewhere it's in ISAD. pretty marginal. Yeah. Um... Uh, and it's so, well, it's somewhere between ISAD and infrastructure, and it sort of just overlaps with what they're doing. Yeah, but it's they care about the rural people, so that's why I it think, exists. as Paul Wells has pointed out, there's like for a given thing, there are usually like eight ministers who could credibly be said to be the minister of it, and it is quite yes. confusing. Yes, yeah, rural broadband is like one of the you know big initiatives that every government tries to tackle, but yes. no government. It's just everyone such, realizes it's actually such quite an ongoing to do. <laughs> thing that rural broadband is always yeah. basically what rural. Uh, economic development stands for yeah well and it's also like if you start looking at rural broadband and you're like hey uh bell telecom bell, bell rogers all the, all the other big guys do you want to like do a little bit more on this is like yeah we're gonna jack prices 600 percent if you even start talking about this so <laughs> fuck off so uh it's good it's a very functional system um that takes us to carla qualtro minister of employment workforce development and disability inclusion so Qualtro is, I think, widely considered to be actually one of the strongest uh, performers. She comes over from Public Works, uh, PWPS. Yeah. Starting uh, as P- with PSPC now, Public Services and Procurement Canada. Yes, not yes. PWGSC. No, Public Works and Government Services. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard to keep track of them all. Yes. Um, so she moves over into the 
ESDC family. Yeah. Um, which is really <laughs> Cinematic just, universe. Which is really just the simplest way to remember, you know, the three-ish uh, ministers that sort of sit in that family. Um, employment, workforce development, and disability inclusion. She's maintained disability um, throughout personal connection on that and uh, was the point uh, the point woman on C81, uh, the Accessible Canada yeah. Act. Um, so strong performing minister, goes over to ESDC, um, has you know good opportunity to shine there. Um, Patty Heyju, a minister of health. So this is That's one of the- That's a very big promotion. It's- uh, She was minister of labor before. She was minister of labor. Minister of health is likely to be on the front lines of this government as they try yes. and do something around pharma. Um, but you can't do much for $6 billion, so TBD, what yes. actually gets done there. And a big Northern Ontario uh, cabinet presence where before there was not as much. Is going to have to be working quite closely with Chrystia Freeland because a lot of these portfolios have sort of a, a healthy overlap with Intergov. Yeah, um, very much so. But perhaps the more interesting story there is that Pettypaw Taylor got not, not only demoted but removed from cabinet. Yeah. Um, as a result of her role at health in the last session of parliament. Um, so, interesting to note. Um, health also has the opioid crisis that's, you know, the, yes. on, the ongoing sort of, it's burning. Is it a slow burn or a fast burn? Depends on who you talk to. And But I think there's a lot of calls for um, more federal action on the opioid crisis yes, burning in the background. Yes, we're saying it has killed a lot of people. Yes, quite, 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 quite a lot of people. More than just about... Number. Any other given cause, really, in any given year, besides, like, the big ones like heart disease and cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bardish Chagger, Minister of Diversity, Inclusion, and Youth. Uh, my favorite fun fact is that this is abbreviated to DIY. <laughs> yeah, which I think perhaps will uh, encapsulate the spirit of that department. Um, well, department. From the orders in council that were published, uh, or not, they weren't published on November, but issued on November 20th. Um, diversity, inclusion, youth seems to be structured as the minister of state. We don't use these terms anymore, but as the junior minister under heritage. Okay. Um, that the youth secretariat and the LGBTQ2 plus, I don't know if the plus is on there, um, secretariats that were housed within PCO have now been moved over to heritage. Um, so Trudeau was, the, was the minister of youth. Yeah. And it was under PCO, and there was a deputy minister um, for youth at PCO. Um, there's going to be some substantial machinery of government changes to look at here with how, how her... I'm doing rabbit ears. I guess this doesn't work for radio, but... Who calls it rabbit ears? Portfolio. Air quotes. Whatever. <laughs> Shakes out. Rabbit ears. <laughs> um, that takes us to unless there's anything you'd like to add to no I Chagger. Really, no carry on actually perhaps notable at Chagger is she's moved out of the, uh, the parliamentary yeah. role I, she ate a, a whole <clears throat> lot of turd sandwiches in that role so um, I mean she was thrown into it yeah well, this is the a this first is, yes. term MP this is the reward for being a good soldier um, the new house leadership needs to be a lot more bilingual than it was previously with her French was yeah. this third party not great um, not great so that will We'll, we'll cover that when we get to Pablo. Um, then we have François Philippe Champagne. We um, talked about already, basically. We've we've yeah. mentioned Minister of Foreign we got, Affairs. We got to zip through this now. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so many. Um, by all accounts, an incredibly nice guy. 
Buys um, cheese at our grocery store. Yes. Our former grocery store. Yes, he does. Uh, no longer exists. R.I.P. Sobeys. Yeah. Um, very, very nice guy. Um, everyone who ever comes across him says he's very personal. He remembers their names. He will age into a killer elf, I think. He'll invite you over to dinner, and you'll he'll introduce you to his family, and all of these wonderful things. Are they all bigger than him? Uh, <laughs> that being said, I don't know much about his tenure in government so far. Seems I Seems like he's, broadly good, I think is people's impression of him. Blown somewhat under the radar. Um, Remember the time they left him in Japan? <laughs> That was funny. <laughs> Particularly because Christia Freeland yeah. has sort of always scooped his he major was in the overhead bin taking a nap. <laughs> and Christia Freeland continues to scoop um, yeah. his major portfolio. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. It should also be noted that while we've said foreign affairs is among the more prestigious portfolios in government, it actually hasn't been that prestigious outside of the NAFTA file. Like, the liberal yeah. government has... I would say that people in the foreign affairs world like to think it's more prestigious than it actually is. Well, let's put it that way. Oh, that, that brings me to another point. One of the things with foreign affairs as a department is you actually need to rule it with a, an iron fist. Oh, yeah, because um, they are the most, like, uh, like these guys would be very happy running the British Empire, basically. <laughs> like, I think is a fair way to put it. The Very, very high opinion of the, the caliber and uh, scope of their own work. Let's just say that largely you know they're often in the news for demanding a hundred dollar glass crystal oh you the crystal uh, of, of course it's the crystal every time with the crystal um and you need to impress those visiting diplomats at yes this is this you is think they're gonna it. look at your glass and say oh i'm gonna take this seriously no they want to see crystal this right? this is how democracy or not democracy diplomacy is conducted diplomacy is conducted um, when you're drinking from expensive glasses so everyone is you cannot do business otherwise. i think a for an effective foreign affairs minister has to quickly distinguish themselves from their department and realize that they need to uh, they need to zig when the department tells them to zag and I think Freeland did a lot of that yes probably for the best um, almost certainly for the best in, in 90% <laughs> of cases <laughs> okay um, moving on Gould um, Minister of International Development. She was Parlsec for International Development. Uh, Before becoming Minister of Democratic Institutions. Correct. Where she did, I think, actually, I think worth saying one of the unsung great turnabouts of the Trudeau government was their big turnabout on on big tech, uh, which I think she was a big part in uh, pushing. Uh, because when the first two years, three years of the Trudeau government, they you could not stop them from... from giving big hugs and kisses to Google and Facebook, wherever they could be found. And uh, Karina Gould, I think to her credit, read the room on that one and uh, decided to go a different direction. <laughs> Can I just say, yeah. we have developed an entirely unsustainable model for this podcast. No, yeah. Because we're like halfway through Why, why don't we just do cabinet this time and then we'll shortly record an episode on the critics, like this week. So that way people, we can give the loving fans a dual dose. Sure. How about that? Let's, let's strive to okay, do that. Okay, let's do that. Um, that makes much more sense. We, we left off at Karina Gould. Uh, Ahmad Hussein. Yes. And I think you had the best framing on this where it's the Hawks have won. Um, yeah. I mean, there was an interesting sort of dynamic where Bill Blair was given the made-up Ministry of Border Security and Gangs. Yes. The Irishman. And introduced um, some hawkish policy on the BIA, or yeah, on the Budget Implementation Act. Yes. Um, that immigration lawyers got very, very mad at. Yeah, although it didn't, it didn't resonate for very long and is very 
quickly fallen off the radar. Yes. Um, but between, I always saw sort As of... As complicated immigration issues often do. Saw uh, sort of a tension um, between, you know, the dovish way that immigration had been being run. Yeah, diversity is our strength versus... And the hawkish uh, Bill Blair approach to yeah. it, um, which Bill Blair becomes Minister of Public Safety, and Ahmad Hussein is moved out to Wait, Minister sorry. of Family, Children, and Social Development. I actually didn't... He's Minister of Public Safety now? Bill Blair. So the G20 kettling guy is now Minister of Public Safety. Great. Well, that's, that, that is that is you gotta correct. Love, you gotta love these fucking liberals. That's for sure. That is correct. Jesus Christ. We'll get to Bill Blair in a second. Oh my God. Um, Seamus O'Regan, Minister of Natural Resources. Well, he can't fuck that up worse than he did in Indian <laughs> Services. So there's that, I guess. Um, so Seamus O'Regan is a uh, distinguished member of Friendship Caucus. <laughs> um, um, among the several cabinet ministers, Agacon Caucus too. Who are on a rocket ship to the top of cabinet based on their close associations with the the center? Justin Trudeau and his friends. Yes. Um, there's a few of them, um, and so well, I mean, we will come to the other one soon, I guess. Good, good for him. Yeah. Um, a bit of a weird pick when it talks about the alienation of West. Well, to let's, give him natural let's just resources. Like, let's wait a second. Actually, just talk just a quick second about Seamus O'Regan's record in cabinet. <laughs> he was first in cabinet as Minister of Veterans Affairs, where he said, I understand the struggle veterans face, because when I left broadcasting, it was kind of hard. <laughs> Which, like, okay, that didn't play well, as you'd probably imagine. Uh, people who put their, their life in, in on the line for, you know, uh, values that were entirely commendable. Uh, did not love to have that compared to uh, not, not being on TV anymore. Sure. Um, I think very reasonably. <laughs> very reasonably, I think, yes. And then he went to Indigenous Services where he was, I think it's very fair to say, uh, not loved by um, act like especially Indigenous activists uh, who roasted him frequently. He was kind of had a, his worst day beyond you know if we're not actually talking about the serious actual policy issues was when he had a picture of himself in the plane over northern saskatchewan uh, flying yes flying back and in the just jet. fair to say that shimmy reagan is not a guy that connects with tough stakeholder groups easily and has a track record of not doing so i think will really shine in a role where he has to talk to the energy industry and the mining industry and all the people that also already love the trudeau government so much so that will be very easy for him i think compared to those other two yeah, I think there, you know, a lot of people will try and spin his appointment here as, you know, nothing better for a tough portfolio like this than someone who really has the trust of the prime minister. Because uh, they're. <laughs> so you could have a competent person who knows how to because, do the job. Because they're good friends. And it's yeah. like, you know, I have people that are good friends and. I wouldn't appoint would, them to no. serious things because, and like, I don't take their opinion very seriously on serious <laughs> things. I, I, I would not follow their policy recommendations, yes. even though they're a friend of mine yes. and they would, they would have my ear for complaining and stuff like well, that. Well, you know, maybe other people don't discriminate among the friends like that, Jen. Maybe they're just better friends than you. Here we are. Yeah. So next, next one. Sorry. <laughs> is, is Pablo Pablo Rodriguez? Um, so Montreal based. Um, good in both. Just languages. a magnificent lion's mane on that guy. Uh, yes, very yeah. very handsome feller. Yeah, just statuesque. Um, leader of the government in the House of Commons. So he's had a bit of a up and down ride. I'd say he mostly up. Well, no, I mean 
I'll tell you why it's up okay, and down. Go ahead. It's, it's up in that he was elevated to cabinet, and yes. then it's down in that he goes from a lovely from heritage to cabinet ministry leader, yeah. role to a much more Though, slogging through the trenches role. In a sense, I think like this is a take one for the team appointment yes. where they're doing it because he's going to do well instead of like just fuck off to this corner where we can kind of hide you. Yeah, kind of thing. And yeah. you know, strong bilingual, strong performer so far. Yeah. Did well in heritage. All of these things. Yeah. He's now gets to be the guy yelling in the House of Commons, unfortunately. Yes. We're um, all going to hate him by the end of the, like, six months, but, yeah. Bill Blair. Yeah. Bill Blair. Bill Blair. What, what would you like to say Just about Bill Blair? Just sickening. God damn it. Um, so, Bill Blair is in charge of public safety and emergency preparedness, um, which is, you know, we've often talked about ISED, um, but public safety is actually right up there besides i said um not in that it has five confusing ministers reporting through it yeah um but that it's a very expansive portfolio it covers csis the rcmp the parole board of canada um prisons csc um what am i missing cbsa um public safety as a physical department um it has a lot of pieces it does uh it has a lot of pieces it's a portfolio you know a lot better than i do i mean and it has a lot of high profile issues because between cbsa largely between cbsa and rcmp there are incessant negative stories well and also keeping in mind that one of their big platform promises was coming for everyone's guns yes Uh, that will be fun i'm sure (laughs) yeah he's uh he's gonna be drowning in letters in a very short order yes um so yeah, what would you like to say about Bill Blair? Well, I think Bill Blair is a guy that has a track record, is not giving much of a shit about civil liberties, and it's very regrettable that they're putting him there. He's in charge of the spooks now. Yes, who also have a, a love civil liberties, so that'll be great. Uh, next up, Honorable Mary Ng. Another uh, member of Friendship Caucus. A very yes. firmly entrenched member of Friendship in, Caucus. To, to be fair to her, she seems much more competent than Seamus over again. Yes. Um, we haven't seen her perform at a very high level yet. Yes. Um, because so... And she, for people who are unaware of her, she uh, was in Trudeau... The Trudeau PMO was the director of appointments. And that is not to say his calendar, but the appointment of people to various roles. Yes. Uh, and then ran in a by-election in uh, Markham somewhere. Union, I think. Not Unionville, but yeah. One of them. That area. One of the Markhams. Um, so yeah, left appointments... Won in a by-election. Post-by-election, basically got moved into cabinet at the next possible opportunity. Yes, within a couple of months. Um, to a junior portfolio. Which was small business and tourism, I believe. Correct. Yeah. But what's weird about her present role is it's styled as the Minister of Small Business, Export, Promotion, and International Trade. Yes. <laughs> um, which is... Once again... Put it in just nomenclature-wise, it's putting the small business before the international trade... Where international trade typically is a, you know, a it's upper, a, it's a job. upper mid, yeah. very, you know, you have a portfolio, you're on Sussex, you have a whole department, you're part of global affairs. Yeah. Um, that is the lead here, not small business. Well, it's, it's, as I think they explained it, it's promoting small business trade. But it's going to be all trade. Yeah. No, I know. The, I'm, just saying, I'm just saying that trade. this is what, how they're spinning it. I would have structured it Minister of International Trade and 
small well, business promotion. This is why or they're something. in government and you're not a chance. <laughs> something like they, that. They know yeah. what the people. They know what the people want. Uh, yeah. So bewildering decision um, in terms of structuring that. It's it's her step into the uh, the major leagues. We'll yeah. see how she performs. Although international trade, again, where the NAFTA file should be, yes, um, is not has, <laughs> has bounced its way up. Um, so the international trade file is looking like managing trade tensions with China, um, where she enjoys ice cream in China. Um, you're not familiar no, with this? No, carry on. This, it's fine. Well, no, let me actually explain this very quickly. <laughs> because shortly after the Chinese government captured two Canadians or detained or whatever term we want to use for it, kidnapped them, um, she was on a trip in China and saying, oh, excellent cow's ice cream we have in China here. And everyone thought it was a rather... Perhaps uh, out of touch, like a sort of uh, plane over northern Saskatchewan moment. Very much one of those moments. <laughs> so Seems to be a theme in the Friendship Caucus. Yeah. 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 Um, moving on to Honorable Philomena Tessie, who is now ah. the... <laughs> that is a reference almost no one will understand. I will link that video in the description because it is so good. I have not, I've linked it before, but no one gives it enough love it's because so no one funny. wants to watch a five-minute Facebook so video. It's so funny. Um, it's like two and a half minutes. It is, it is such an absolutely golden video. Um, she is Minister of Labor. Um, her largest crisis probably is Minister of Labor. Um, took effect. To get that rat Hoffa. The day. Sorry, I watched The Irishman yesterday. Um, her largest crisis, probably in her entire tenure, um, began more or less on the day she was appointed, and uh, was resolved a week later, being the CN rail strike. Yes. So she managed to skirt basically everything there. So she's uh, smooth sailing. Yeah, and she came from seniors. Yes. Yeah. Um, a very challenging portfolio. Also, yeah. Also, uh, maintenance in the. Uh, in terms of people in, in cabinet. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Jonathan Wilkinson, Minister of Environment and Climate Change. That's, uh, I mean, he has also been a guy who's been steadily promoted uh, from Parlsec to Environment, uh, to up to Fisheries, fisheries and, and now up to Environment. Yep. So, he's good con- for him. <laughs> he's considered one of the, let's say, freer thinkers in the government, one of the more um, independent-minded, one of the people who's less prone to speak in just utter banalities also a vancouver area minister a vancouver uh, area minister with some saskatchewan roots that have been played up former yeah. <laughs> advisor to saskatchewan NDP everyone government has, yes everyone has ever been to saskatchewan or alberta in the liberal government now is, is <laughs> trumpeting that as much as they can yes um has a business background in sort of the clean tech space um so i know environmentalists are seeing that as a pivot towards perhaps tech and environment and things so, along those lines. So sort of saying like technology, not taxes, would be the focus? Would be the kind of uh, message the, the taxes, The taxes are done now. For, tech, for tech those people who are to... maybe unaware, that was the slogan the conservatives were going with in this uh, most recent election about their very good climate platform. But all of that say, Wilkinson, generally well regarded. Yes. Um, David I'm sure that'll change. <laughs> David Lametti. Back in Justice. Minister of Justice and yeah. Attorney... M, what did they call it? What did the MJAG? Mo, Mojag. 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 General. Um, yeah. Didn't split the roles per... Uh, <laughs> no, McClellan said they shouldn't. Yeah, no, that's what I was going to say. Didn't oh, okay. split the roles per, oh, per I see. Okay. McClellan's recommendation. I see what you mean. Um, I got, misparsed yourself. Got a different oath. Some other token little things. Yeah. The, the Minister of uh, Deferred Prosecution Agreements. <laughs> um, 
to be seen what he does there. Uh, I know eyes are probably on the Canada Gazette as to whether yeah. or not. <laughs> God, wouldn't that be funny? Just like, oh, that would be first uh, week Parliament's back to like, yeah, just shamelessly, doing we're doing it. To, to be, like, I, what, what are they gonna like? Just dare them to bring him down, right? Yeah, that would I, be pretty funny. TBD. Essen, we've not seen the, the end of SNC, that's for sure. Uh, Bernadette Jordan, Minister of Fisheries, Oceans, and the Canadian Coast Guard. Also and, an upgrade. Um, yes, uh, quite a quite a substantial one from mm-hmm. the make-believe portfolio of uh, rural economic development. I don't say that because that's unimportant. I say that because there isn't, you know, any resources behind it, etc. Yeah. Policy initiatives. Yes. Um, so, I mean, fisheries is actually a super interesting department. A lot of people eyes glaze over. Um, Laurent's. My mouth is hanging open because that is literally your punchline for every <laughs> shitty, unimportant department is fisheries and oceans. No, that's not true. I've historically used a lot of fisheries examples because I knew nothing about fisheries. And now you know more um, about fisheries. Coming, right? yeah, coming from the prairies, I knew nothing about fisheries. Though, as we've heard, the people often who have to deal the most with fisheries and oceans are farmers on the prairies because of all the standing water. Well, actually, that was uh, one of the things they tried to revert in C-68 mm-hmm. um, and was one of the amendments in C-68 was was about the habitat provisions. There you go. Uh, because the conservative senators were very worried about that becoming a thing again. Well, fair enough. I can see why. Um, Minister of Fisheries and Oceans, The only, one of the reasons I say it's really interesting is because they are able to hand out money like virtually no other minister can. This is true. In the sense that they... They hand out licenses for quota. Well, and it's worth saying this was became an issue in the last parliament around the uh, Clearwater Arctic scam. Surf, Arctic surf clam Glam quota scam. issue. Yes. Is that they have the a very big power to mess with uh, fisheries markets. Yeah, you can hand out ways. tens of millions of dollars in fishery quota um, with no oversight of treasury it's board. It's all by order and council. Yeah. Or, yeah. By, no, by ministerial... Ministerial fiat. Yes. Even, yes. So the Minister of Fisheries and Oceans is sort of a unique position across all of these ministers to hand out squillions of dollars worth of a commodity with yes. virtually zero oversight. Um, so that ve- rules to me. Very That's interesting awesome. yeah. position to be in. Um, the last thing I would note about Bernadette Jordan is she is the... I mean, it returns to being an East Coast minister in the portfolio, which yes. is sort of the historically dominant coast between the East and the West Coast. Yes. Um, Jonathan Wilkinson. He's got to let him have something. Jonathan Wilkinson, who was recently in the role, was the West was the yes. first and West Coast Fisheries Minister in a long time. And before that, it was uh, old Dominic LeBlanc for a little bit. And before that, it was Hunter Tutu, which yes. was different. A North Coast Minister. Uh, yes. Yes. Um, that takes us to Joyce Murray, Minister oh of Digital Government. So, okay. Can we skip this one? <laughs> no, this one's actually more interesting than you think. <laughs> okay. Um, so Joyce Murray's again a bit of an interesting one. She made cabinet. She's been in the liberal benches forever. Um, she made cabinet after. This is an alphabetical, is it? No. Oh, okay, thank God. <laughs> she, she made cabinet after quite a long tenure in the liberal benches. Um, well, and coming second in post the post SNC debacle, she got Treasury Board. Yes. So she went job. from zero to everything very very quickly. Yeah. Um, but it was Treasury Board and Digital Government. Digital Government has now been split out of that portfolio. She's been handed that one. Um, ouch. Why, why do, <laughs> let me ask, why do you say ouch? Well, because it's not as big a job as Treasury Board, which is one of the biggest jobs in government. True, but it's perhaps a bigger job than most people realize. Yeah, no, I mean, it is big. Yes. But, no, but it is just also, like, we're at an hour. But it's one of these things. <laughs> just wait. Because th- this is actually important. Um, it's one of these 
where there's a machinery of government change happening behind the scenes where Shared Services Canada is now under her yes. remit, um, which is huge. It puts her in charge of a lot of all stuff. All the Wikipedia all edits the government does. The G- GCpedia. Um, okay, only about a dozen more to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Can we just, like, come to an agreement to skip some of them? Very quickly, yeah. Okay. Anita, Anita Adnan. Perfect um, person to skip. New minister, public services and procurement. Big portfolio for a first-time minister. Okay. Okay. We got two big ones. Motive, up, actually, motive that we have to talk yeah. about. Okay. Minister of Middle Class Prosperity They've and eat- Associate Minister of Finance. They have eaten some shit on this one because yes. they cannot define the portfolio. Mona Fortier seems like a very nice person. She does not seem to have been very well equipped to handle this very vaguely defined role early on. That is unfortunate. She's the associate minister of finance is yes. her role. It's so, not it's not middle class it, prosperity. It's, it's really like this is the blue America is already great hat as a ministerial portfolio. Like I don't even know what you mean by it's, that. It's like the we're doing a great job and look how blah 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 middle class. Like everything everyone is sick of hearing from the liberals. So I don't know. I think and this, I, I won't spoil what I want to say about perhaps some of our, <laughs> apparently what we're going to be doing is the second half of this episode in the near future. But I think this gives the opposition parties an easy angle to come at them on their core bread and butter affordability and, you know, um, yeah, really the affordability themes. Uh, I think they're going to have an easy in. So we will see how this rolls out. TBD. Yes. The Green Jesus of Montreal. <laughs> That's so stupid. I, know, I, <laughs> I know he saw someone said that, right? <laughs> that apparently is his nickname. Yeah. Stephen Gilbo, who is the yeah. Minister of Canadian Heritage, which uh, shocking many people because everyone sort of assumed he was going to environment. That would have been no, a that would have been awful because everyone out west would have just like absolutely yeah, horrible. It would have not worked. A, a lot of Dude, the star candidates that, who come in yeah. on the like this is my shtick. Yeah, they never ever ever end up. First go round yeah. in the portfolio of their choosing. Yeah. Like it just never happened. Because happens. you're going to make too many people it, mad. It didn't if you, ha- if you, have, Blair, if you have a record on something, it like. It didn't happen to uh, Andrew Leslie. It didn't happen to, yeah. like, you know, tons of people. Yeah. He's a Quebec minister. For some reason, the liberals will only give heritage to Quebec ministers. Because it's, really, it's uh, a portfolio that the, most people in Quebec do care about, but people outside of Quebec usually don't. Yes. That uh, it matters the for the telecom side of things, but there's a. And of course, there is a small but active telecoms carers about world well more crtc than telecom well that i mean the crtc sets a lot of the policy directives for the telecom. no but it's different the you're you're sort of mixing telcos with sort of the broader crtc like programming yeah cancon so crtc there being a world of people who care about that in english canada the world of people who care about heritage programming in general is bigger in Quebec. Yeah, no, that yeah, yeah, that's 100% it's, my so point. So that, that's why. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I was just illustrating the point. Marco Mendocino. Mendocino. Is, I'm, I'm Didn't you told, spend four months in Italy? No, but I'm told people pronounce it Mendocino. Not really? Mendocino. You don't uh, do the hard, the hard C. Well, uh, I'm going to respect his heritage and do the hard C. He is a member of PNP Caucus. Um, the Partisan wait, PNP Caucus? The, oh, he was on TV a lot. The so, guy okay, who is it. always on TV. Yeah. Um, so very chatty, very, uh, you know, ha- has done a good job on the on the punditry circuit. So he makes the jump. Yeah. Um, Mark Miller, Minister of Indigenous Services. Friendship Caucus as well. A, mem- a distinguished member of Friendship Caucus. Yeah. Though he, for what it's worth, does seem more competent than Jameis. Uh, yes. Who listeners will have gathered I don't have a high opinion of. <laughs> <laughs> um, that takes us, anything else you'd like to say? 
he's uh, i mean he's I, I think everyone knows about him is that he's learning to speak mohawk yes uh which he represents the montreal area writing that seems like a great initiative that more mps should take up um is learning indigenous language of people they represent um but i don't have a lot to say apart from that good yeah honorable deborah schultz uh, uh, someone I had not heard of before she appeared on this list. <laughs> yeah. She actually has a phenomenal resume. Um, but her formal education credentials aside, she was Minister of Seniors and was Chair of Seniors Caucus for the Liberals. Okay, I'll bite. What are her formal educational credentials? Um, so an example of what we were talking about in the last episode of where being a caucus chair ah. can bridge you into cabinet. Oh, there you go. Um, Minister of Seniors tends to be one of these portfolios where if you're the person who expressed interest and befriends CARP, then you're yes, you're done. They're gonna they're gonna introduce a law that everyone has to call their grandparents every other week. If you're a you know a paid up member of the Canadian Association of Retired Persons and you've been to Florida at least five times, then you are <laughs> Minister of Seniors. If you can yeah. recommend a sports bar in the Greater Saint Petersburg area. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the other candidates had only been to Florida two times yeah. and did not own a timeshare there. There you go. Um, that takes us to our last minister, uh, Dan Vandal. Dan Vandal, actually. Van, yeah, Vandal is yes. a bad pronunciation of that. Vandal. Uh, from, notably from Manitoba, yes. but the Minister of Northern Affairs. And he was the Parlsec for Indigenous Services. And from what I gather, was quietly effective there. Um, and actually seems okay um is uh metis um but one of the you know the the sticking point so far i think for northerners has been he is not really from northern manitoba even no he's from winnipeg uh, yes. <laughs> yeah um, or at least represents the winnipeg area right? and the liberals do have they do mps in the north two of them in fact so i think right tough. they got both they got the two territories that aren't in it, i believe yeah i think that's right yeah um, one other honorable mention um, for the list, of course, is Jim Carr. Jim Carr being the other um, individual who's fighting cancer. Yes. Um, he didn't make the list as a minister, I think probably strictly for the gender... Balance thing, yeah. The gender balance. Um, otherwise, they would have had to add another minister. So they've just given him a advisor role, um, which I hope they pay him well because that otherwise sucks. Yes. Um, and he's sort of the Are you point- advocating government waste. <laughs> the point it's man paying high salaries. People aren't doing anything. Po- well, there's yeah. there's a lot of other people whose salaries I'd cut on this list. <laughs> I would probably give him a higher salary and cut a lot of these um, middle middle class prosperity. Um, so he's supposed to be one of the point mans on the West. Uh, important to note, they've foregone the convention of having anyone represent yes, the West, which was the subject of much speculation and. Uh, Fluffery, I guess. People were fluffery. really working themselves into a lather about who's going to be yeah, the mystical I, Western... Uh, I think it was the wrong move. I think they should have done something. Like um, I said, the thing is, though, is like... I, okay, so I think we had a discussion the other day when you said the, the tradition of having someone from the Western cabinet is sacrosanct, but Trudeau's Senate experiment is not. They should have just appointed a senator. I would say that starts to look a lot more sacrosanct when it's your experiment. Um, no, but they have senators no, like, I, they can appoint yeah. that are not ISG senators. Sure, like Grant Mitchell. Well, who's now who's out of a, the job. Yeah, he's now leaving. Uh, I mean, he was the obvious choice in yes. former leader of the Alberta Liberal Party. So there's um, a, there's still, and I'll note this, there is still a backdoor way of doing this. Um, that is, 
we haven't seen what we'll talk about the Senate next time, but we have we have to see what shakes out in the Senate. But they've recently basically removed their entire Senate leadership team, or they stepped down. Who knows? Yeah, Harder is gone, and Belmar is gone too. Yeah, and yeah. well, and Mitchell is also out of the role. Yeah. Um. So, but whoever takes the government representative in the Senate role gets a seat around the cabinet table around the ops committee. Yes. Um. So it so, seems like that would have been like an easy thing to slot someone in with. Yes. And with the pans rustling in the kitchen, I think that marks the that end of our, the episode. That is our, our cue to go. Uh, and thank you all for listening. And yeah, we will record a part two of this sometime this week. And uh, get it get it in your, your lovely plates. Soon. Soon, indeed. Thank you all for listening. Oh, follow us at Short Pants Pod. All that. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>